from it. We've got a couple events left, starting with this week, RSM Classic, one of Fantasy Golf Man's favorite events of the year. I am Ben Raza. That is Tim Frank. We're ready to go chat. Like I said, RSM Classic, Tim. I know, no joke, this is one of your favorite events of the year. I love this event. We're, we're in a good uh, two-event stretch here with um, RSM and Mayakoba coming up. It's just uh, doesn't get any better than that. Uh, we, I, I swear that we played RSM multiple times this year. Like, I, I we've done – I don't understand – the schedule usually this is heritage uh when you think about post masters so i guess it kind of fits the theme yeah it's like the next closest thing to harbor town so exactly. it's really it really kind of fits right in before we get to sea island the mafia and all the shenanigans there i, I do want to recap I, I know i asked you right before the show when we were prepping diligently um how was your masters? You said EVR got to you, which was brutal. He withdrew and he was not playing well. Anyway, what else uh, struck your eye from Augusta? That was interesting. You know, I feel like it lacked uh, a lot of drama. I mean, DJ just felt like he had it, you know, under control, even on Sunday, the first couple of holes when I, I think the lead got down to two, but it just never felt like uh, your boy Cam Smith was going to run him down. Um, I guess I got it. Somebody actually added me on Twitter and and asked if I was going to finally give Cam Smith, uh, you know, some recognition for how, for how great he he was. And yeah, I don't know, maybe he's moving into that Snedeker category of player, um, just short game specialists that can kind of overcome course fit and uh, can, can grind it out and and contend uh, on some of these courses where we just don't think it's a great course for him. So, yeah. Props to Cam Smith. He played well, and may, maybe we're going to have to bump him up into like the Patty Reed uh, Sneds category, but he hasn't won enough yet. He hasn't quite he hasn't quite got there yet. He's not in the Patty Reed category, but I, I do have to give him props. He was great. He does it a little different, makes a lot of putts, but he consistently does that. Um, it was weird. You know, how much money did I win in the Masters? No, no. Um, I actually had <laughs> – I was super happy with what I did, and it worked out. My 6-6 six, six was very high. I got 6-6 six, six through – uh, without a sweat, the two things that killed me, one, the cut being even, I didn't, I was under on basically everybody at even from Fitzy to Finau to Zach Johnson to Bryson. If all those guys would have got knocked out, six of six would have been actually very low. So that hurt. And then Dustin Johnson, rightfully so, but he was basically 50% owned in some of the higher dollar things. When a 50% owned guy wins, uh, six of six is irrelevant in some cases all the five of sixes with dj will pass you and that's what happened to me i had ram and rory up top who played fine they just didn't play nearly as well as dj he just destroyed the courses we know he could do yeah and you know if you play pga dfs week in week out like we do like we're gonna be doing this forever until like literally the earth could be on fire and you and i and a lot of other people be grinding (laughs) out pga slates it's i mean you just have to take a macro view uh, you know, when something comes up like DJ this past weekend, where it was like, yeah, he was overwhelmingly owned. He looked like a fantastic play. I thought he should have been the, the betting favorite, the most expensive. But you know what? I mean, at 50% owned, you know, the, the fade was was warranted or it, it was definitely in play. Um, and, and you just have to look at it like, hey, it didn't work out this week, but in the long run, this was a plus EV decision. And, and honestly, in general, I'm trying to, like go that way with almost all the decisions 
it should yeah. be on the decisions, I'm guessing. Um, but you, you, you can't just take a one-week sample. You just have to say, hey, in, I'm playing the proper way in the long run, and it didn't work out this week. And, and you can apply the same thing to Bryson. Uh, you know, some weeks it's going to work, some weeks it's not. But, I mean, if you're making the right decisions in the long run, you're going to come out ahead. And, and I think that's what you have to take away if you fade a DJ. You can't really beat yourself up. You just have to say, hey, this is going to work out more times than not, or I'm going to get paid off more times than not and and you know what this wasn't the week but you know we'll get them next week when you're when you're fading top end golfers there's always a very real chance that that's going to happen it's going to happen there's just no way around it uh guys like dj are are too good to not have that happened at times but for every time that happens there are times when it doesn't and, and you really can pick up on the field so uh it wasn't to say like there were some situations over this year where guys were like 40 to 50% owned. And I really, I, I do not get it. I thought it was crazy. DJ being that popular. I, I got it. I totally understand. I played some DJ. I just wasn't willing to allocate that much. Um, so this wasn't like, I can't believe people played them. Obviously it's easy for me to say this now, but like Coke rack being popular, I really didn't see that just on its own merit. I didn't like the fit for him in general. DJ is a fantastic play. It was more of an ownership thing. Yeah. And I mean, we said that, you know, we can victory lap co-crack because I think we both said it last well, week. It was like, we say that every week, but yeah, <laughs> correct. Yeah. Even when he was running like the sun. Yeah. We, we thought he was a terrible play. It was so, yeah, listen, we turned the page. It's great. We get to see this in April, uh, a quick, a quick turnaround. I'm excited, but like I said, for betting purposes and honestly, even for, for, you know, DFS purposes, this is a little more nuanced than I kind of like that. We don't have seven guys at the top where all we're going to say is, well, if they bring their A game, they're just going to win. Uh, and I kind of like that. I mean, I love it. I, I've said it multiple times. I love majors, but I hate trying to decide which of Rory, Rom, JT, Bryson, and DJ are going to play well because it's, it, it's honestly, it's a coin flip between those guys yeah. every single week. Um, and, and anybody that says any otherwise is, is lying. So, and I, I don't like that. I just hate trying to, it's like, well, we got to, we're going to just roll the dice with one of these guys um, and, and, and see what happens. And I prefer a week like this. I just think, you know, none of the elite guys, I think they're more analysis can go into it at the top. It's like, what are you going to analyze between DJ and Rory and Rob? I mean, there's just, there's really nothing there to break down. I think here we have a little bit more to break down. Uh, we can look at, you know, I think things like course fit and, and different stats are come into play a little bit more when we're talking about guys like Webb Simpson, Sung JM, et cetera, rather than the top five players in the world. No doubt. And that's what we're going to do right now. Chat, as always, it's good to see all the regulars coming back after the Masters. I, I knew you guys would, but we appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, hit the button, hit the notification bell because we have shows on shows on shows uh hit the like button you guys know the drill we do appreciate bringing the content in front of the paywall we want to keep it there but let's get to sea island so we go to sea island golf club this is a i'm not gonna say it's a famous stop but it's something we hear about a lot tim because a million golfers either train here or live here everyone in the field it seems like has connections to this place in georgia do you, I guess I want to just ask you right off the top, do you care about that? I mean, there's got to be something to it, but what, what do you do with a week like this that is always talked about in terms of guys already playing the course? Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it. It's like there's so many guys in this field that have connections to the area, whether they live here, whether they train here. 
or if you want to just include the whole state of Georgia with so many guys going to University of Georgia, Georgia Tech. I mean, it's like you can make up a narrative for 90% of the field. And I think at that point, it just becomes overwhelming where it's like almost everybody you can, you know, it's like six levels to Kevin Bacon. You can figure out uh, (laughs) a way to get somebody tied into Sea Island from here. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I guess if I know the guy lives here, maybe that would be or trains here. Yeah, maybe a slight bump, but there's so, so many guys. It's crazy. To where, you know what, at the end of the day, I, I don't put a ton of stock into it. Because if it was like, hey, we're at a stop and there's like two or three guys that we know, hey, this is their spot. Yeah, that mean, makes a difference. But when it's 60 guys, 70 guys, it's half the field, I, I think that's a little less valuable. And I just want to further that point. So what tends to happen, there's a bunch of guys, dozens of guys that have connections. Some of them play well, and then everybody points being like, you see, it's these guys that play, you know, they have all the experience here. There's also a handful of guys every year that have ties here that play awful because um, there's that many of them. So I, I think it can be a false equivalency in some regard. But talk about so this week's a little unique, uh, you know, with the courses and whatnot. How, how do you want to break that part down? Yeah, so it's a two course rotation. Uh, seaside course is the primary course. Um, so you get one round at the seaside course, one round at the plantation course. And then on the weekend, they go back both rounds at seaside. So So three and one, three and one. Um, so the seaside course is short par 70 Bermuda. Um, like the name says seaside. So it's, uh, I think it's really comparable to Harbor town, you know, um, a short exposed coastal track. Um, and then the plantation course is not much longer, 7,050 yards, but it's a par 72. Um, more of like a Parklands little tree line track, but that one's going to play extremely easy with four, four par fives, uh, short track. So it's kind of one of those things where you really got to make your hay at the plantation course. Like if your guy goes out there uh, on for, or Thursday, has a bad round, it's going to be tough because the seaside course, you know, is a little tougher. Um, but in general, I mean, this is just a place where the short hitters have feasted, um, you know, Webb Simpson has a phenomenal record here. Uh, last year, Tyler Duncan, Webb Simpson, Munoz, Brendan Todd, like that was the top four. Um, two years ago, Austin Cook, JJ Spawn, Brian Gay, Brian Harmon, Chris Kirk, Kevin Kisner. Uh, Kisner has a phenomenal record here. Um, it just seems year in and year out, the short hitters, you know, really do have an advantage. I guess it's similar to maybe Bermuda a couple weeks ago. Um so yeah, guys that rely on the driver and there's not a ton of them here because we don't have, you know, the very top players in the world, but guys that rely on the driver, maybe take a bit of a hit here this week. It's, I think we finally have nailed, we, we always talk about this week after week. And I think we've settled on the idea. Distance is never going to be bad. Being long doesn't hurt you, but what happens at a place like this, it's your advantage is mitigated. It's not a disadvantage. It's never a disadvantage, but you won't separate as much at courses like this. So it, in a way, you can say that the other hitters are at less of a disadvantage and that really helps them. And we've seen it. Look at Webb, look at Kisner or everyone who plays well at Harbortown. Obviously this comps severely. So we're going to look at that. I know this is always a loaded question. How hard do you think this will be? I mean, you know, the wind is really the only defense I, I think for the seaside course, I mean, we've seen not minus 19, minus 19, minus 21. I haven't looked at a forecast. So, I mean, if the wind is whipping, obviously the course is exposed, that's going to affect scoring. But I mean, I consider it to be pretty easy. Um, 
you know, one of those tracks where it's like, put it in the fairway, hit a bunch of short irons close and make a lot of putts. Um, you know, that's kind of the, the, it really how is. it goes here, really like a wedge, wet wedge and putter fest basically. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, hasn't played difficult unless the wind gets up. Yeah. And as Chad pointed out, the wind is projected to be up tomorrow night, live before lock. We'll get into that. I, I don't want to tailor the show to it now because then it flips and everything's rendered useless. So we'll see if the wind is up, scrambling becomes more important around the green becomes more important because guys are going to have to scramble. Uh, let's do it. 10 K range. It's actually a little 11 K range too. We've got Webb and Sunjay. Tommy Fleetwood. There's a lot of euros here. I know a lot of them stayed. Some came over to him. So we've got them. We've got Fleetwood. We've got Hatton who was, I think low key, maybe the most disappointing miscut of the week last week. Uh, and Russell Henley, who's another guy uh, with ties here and whatnot. What do you make of it? Is it Webb's tournament to lose? Yeah, it really seems like it is his tournament to lose. Second here last year, third the year before. He's got another seventh and a second. Um, and he's just one of those guys. It's just, you know, the Webb courses, right? Wyndham, Harbortown, the players. And this fits in with all of those places. And he's just been so good. Um, you know, since the RBC, he's made 11 of 12 cuts. 10 of the 12 are T17 or better. Um, he's T12 and 5 of 8 starts here. And at a course where it, it doesn't demand a lot of off the tee game, I mean, he's, he's elite. And I've said this a lot. He, approach uh, around the green, putting, he's an elite player. You know, the driver is just the one thing that, um, you know, just isn't quite up to, up to the rest of those levels. And I mean, I love him. And the other thing that I like about him is even at a bad course, he played good T10 last week. Um, it just doesn't feel like he has the blow up potential for when you fade him. Right. I mean, it just seems like he's so steady. Um, I just don't know what fading him. If you, if you get paid off that often, cause he's just not, he's not erratic enough. Right. He just doesn't seem like he's missing the cut, especially in a spot like this. And can he play poorly? Sure. Um, but boy, everything lines up great. He's been so consistent. Um, yeah, it's, it, he'll be, he'll be obvious. I don't know if he'll get the DJ levels of, of being owned, but he'll be up there this week. He, he'll be up there. He should be up there. The safe. Yeah. I mean, listen, golf is inherently risky in terms of with a cut, there's just variance. Uh, you play two courses that even ups the variance, but Webb just does what he does. He, he's so good with the irons. He makes putts. You couldn't ask for you literally couldn't ask for a better setup for a guy. Like it, it checks every single box. Does that mean he's going to win? Obviously not. Um, but it's just everything is, he comes in, he's made a bunch of, his last miscut was Memorial, which couldn't be diff, more different from this course anyway. You mentioned the history here. He's the rightful guy. Uh, but this is where DFS comes into play. Yes, on paper, he's the best play. But now if I tell you that, Ty Hatton off a miscut is going to be one fifth the ownership of Webb. What do you do? We haven't seen him at a course like this. Do you think it fits his game? Do you think it fits Fleetwood's game? Where do you go if you don't go to Webb? Yeah. So if we just take Webb out of the equation, um, I actually really love Hatton at 10 4. Um, he's been really interesting. Uh, so since the RBC, he's made 10 of 13 cuts. The three miscuts were the three majors. Uh, really, I, I don't really know what to make of that. But but outside of that, I mean, he's got six finishes of T7 or better. 
his stats are amazing. Even if you go back to the beginning of 2019, so basically the last two years on tour, um, you know, gaining almost a third of a stroke off the tee, gaining 0.7 on approach, uh, gaining a half a stroke with the putter. So like the ball striking, the putting, it's all good. I, you know, I think a course where it's not as demanding off the tee, I think is, is better for Hatton. Um, and I know the price is up there, but I mean, he's been really good. He's been a little erratic, like I said, with the missed cuts. But when he when he doesn't miss the cut, he's like playing awesome. And I'm willing to take some of that risk on uh, with a few missed cuts. It seems like the upside is there. And I like the fact that he's got a good approach game and the putter can get hot. Because I mean, you this is a course where you're going to give yourself a lot of short birdie looks. And if he's and if he's rolling it good, I, I like him. You know, him and Fleetwood, I, not not as high on those guys. Fleetwood, T19 last week, he played better. But I don't know, overall, the stats just haven't been good. I wish we had stats from the Masters last week so we could really see what these guys did. Um, but I'm just not sold on Fleetwood. I'm annoyed with him. I played him like six weeks in a row and finally hopped off last week. It, yeah, I, I think that Hatton's a... He's a little tricky and I don't want to lean too hard on this, but I looked and you mentioned that, you know, he struggled in the majors. I think it's a fine course. Then I look and I'm like, Oh, he came in third at heritage this year. That's a great thing. He gained nine and a half strokes putting there. And that speaks to on one hand, we know that on Bermuda, he can get crazy hot. On the other hand, when you gain nine strokes putting, yeah, obviously you're going to come right up there. So it's a little false gold, you know, fool's gold there. So I don't know what I want to do with him. I think I'll, I'll let ownership dictate if he's very low owned. I have no problem backing him. I prefer him over Fleetwood at first glance. The last guy though, what do you do with Henley? Who again, Tita Green, he's been unbelievable. He's obviously miles better than someone like Tommy Fleetwood right now, but the putter has been pretty ice cold for a guy that notoriously is actually a pretty good putter. Yeah. I mean, it's tough for me with Henley because he's been playing so great that the course fit you know, you think is perfect as a guy that's one Honda and one Sony, two short uh, Bermuda coastal tracks. Um, but the price is just tough. Um, you know, I, I took my shots with Henley as his price ascended from like the low sevens to where we are now. He, he never really got there for me. And at 10-1, um, it, it's just steep. I, you know, I like him a lot, but I just don't consider him the caliber, caliber of player as some of the, as the other guys in the 10 K range. I mean, I know the price is warranted because he's playing great. The course fit is great. The course history is good. Um, but I think just on a macro level, I, I don't think he's, he's up there with these other guys, even though it's not a star studded field, I'd still prefer Hatton. Yeah. I mean, there's guys legitimately a couple thousand dollars cheaper that we'll bring to that. I think are just yeah. as good as Henley. And I'm, right. I mean, guy. look at like a guy like Kisner or some of these guys, I mean, Kis- it's, hundred percent. That's one of the guys I was looking at when we're going to get to him. Let's get to the nine K range though. We kick it off with Fitzy, who is another guy really set up. He should love this course. He's mentioned he loves heritage. The results haven't been fantastic, but we know what Fitzy wants to do. Um, It it should fit him. He kicks it off. Harris English day, Usti, Shane Lowry, Neiman back from COVID and Munoz who just keeps turning out good finishes. Weird range. What do you make of it? Uh, yeah, this is a tough range. I, I don't love the guys in the upper nine range. Like you said, should be a good course fit for Fitzy, but just didn't play well there um, last week at the Masters. I don't, you know, it's hard because we don't have the stats. Um, and I really wish we did with some of these guys. I guess I, I would gravitate down to the lower nines 
Um, Usti, I wouldn't mind a 9,300 T23 last week. He's been consistent, um, and we know when he brings it, he, he's got the ability for huge upside. We haven't seen it too much in events like this. Generally comes in majors. Don't mind him. Lowry's been playing good. But, you know, at 9,100, I think Neiman, he had COVID, had to withdraw from the Masters. Um, but he's been playing great. The ball striking has been really, really good. Uh, plus 7.6 in his last two. He's gained at least seven and a half strokes. The ball striking three of his last eight. Um, maybe not the best course fit for him, but I think just kind of like from a price adjusted play, um, I don't like these guys in the upper nine range. I, I would prefer Neiman, I think, in this whole range. I think he's the best play of the 9K guys. He's interesting because he, you know, he's coming off of – a, a, a withdrawal for COVID and, and people just are quick. Everyone's quick to forget and, and move on. And it's just like, Oh, he didn't play last week. He destroyed heritage. Uh, and I didn't think it was a good course for him there. He gained seven and a half strokes on the approach. He gained 11.2 strokes T to green. He lost four tenths with the putter and he came in fifth. He can score. So if it plays easy, I think that helps him. If it is an extreme grinded out, like it's going to be really windy. I would rather play Usti. Um, who I that's the only conditions I think I'd like him in he handled Valspar the players those type of tracks I think could suit him what do you make of Fitzy I know you're a noted noted Fitzy hater I I don't know at 9900 didn't play well last week I don't have the numbers from I don't know if it was CJ Cup or I think maybe it was CJ Cup and uh what was that other one? I remember playing him in two of those Vegas stops and the ball striking just wasn't great. Who, I mean, Fitzy? I, yeah. Yeah. Zoizo. Zoizo. Yeah. I think I had him at Zoizo and uh, I was expecting that to be a good course fit and he just wasn't great. Um, I don't know. I, I would really, I'd find the $500 to get up to Hatton. And, and okay. it's, I, I really feel good about Hatton um, at least his upside this week and, and Fitzy, I think probably a safer play than Hatton, but um, I, I would find the 500 bucks to get up to Hatton. Fitzy to me is pretty damn safe. I actually bet Fitzy at 30 to one though. I thought that was just too much um, in a field like this. He's going to, if he's going to break through, you know, I think it'll be at a, a course like this, to be honest. So I like him definitely more than you, but I'm not jamming. I probably try to find a way to pay up and maybe be aggressive and use him as my second man. And don't quote me on that, but that's a build I'm going to toss around with if hat wasn't the most disappointing miscut you you could make a case that it was day uh he just seemingly loses it you know he's seven at houston he comes in and then he's just terrible at the masters any interest there you have any feel on where he's at um yeah i don't think this is the best course for day as a guy who Long off the tee and wild, not a great approach game. I mean, I think approach is going to be very, very important um, this week. And we don't mind when guys are long off the tee and maybe struggle a little bit with approach guys like Champ when they have the ability to air the driver out and gain the strokes off the tee. But if you're taking away his strokes gain off the tee and he's not, you know, not a solid approach game player, I just don't know if I love this for him. And honestly, Houston, he was fine. He gained almost three strokes with the ball strike. I know the finish was better than that, but I mean, he was negative one uh, with the ball striking at Zoizo. So, you know, I I didn't love him at the Masters. I don't love the course fit for him this week. If I get to a little, fine. If I don't, I, I'm completely comfortable. I don't love that range. Uh, 
there's a lot of guys and it's it's a this is one of the reasons i think we both kind of like tournaments like this the pricing is just all over the place like there are guys that are in the sevens that i think could be in the nines and vice versa and i i wouldn't blink if some of them were up and some of them were down but the 8k range kicks off Corey connors for telly a lot of names here kokrak off the miscut kisner off the miscut you got rose let's just start with the top here uh i played Corey connors last week he was fantastic he they can't hear me but the audio cut out so we're just gonna chill for a second i need to stretch anyway because back in business josh engelman behind the glass saving the show uh before i give my kisner hot takes anyway let's what do you make of connors and fratelli do you care that they had a i don't say an emotional masters but they were battling battling last week yeah, I mean, I think I'm just higher on Connors from a long-term perspective than I am for Telly. Um, so I, I like Connors better in this spot at 8,900. Uh, like, he was great on Friday, right? That thir- Thursday did not play well and then just really turned it on on Friday to make the cut. Uh, top T25 or better in his last five starts. The ball striking, always good. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big-time Connors fan. I think 8,900 good price he's playing well we know he's always going to strike it well putter is the only question mark but um yeah I like him here and I'm just longer uh just just more of a fan of him than Fratelli and I don't know 8800 seems I know he played great last week um but that seems like a pretty decent price bump he hasn't you know he's been a little bit all over the board it's not like he's been trending up to this fifth I know a couple weeks ago he was good but uh, I'm more of a Connors fan same. Uh, I've said this a lot with Fratelli. He's got, maybe it's just South Africans because he's someone like Louis. I'd love to see him play good, but I don't think that makes him more likely to play good. And he can get hot at, and just like when he's playing bad, I still buy on him. Come out of nowhere. Uh, he doesn't really string them together, but they pop out of seemingly the blue. I do want to talk about Kevin Kisner. He's maybe the poster boy for Sea Island. He's got a ton of history. He plays this course every year. He won in 2015. He's got a handful of top fives, a seventh, missed the cut, his most recent appearance. Coming off the bad, you know, the Masters is not a great spot for him. I really thought that he could overcome that. He did not. He did not play well. What do you make of him here? I bet him at 45 to one. Uh, Got the combo. Irons, putting, experience, everything that I want to say. Yeah, I mean, he's great here. He has a win. He has three other top sevens. You know, this course outside of the great record here, it just fits in with all the other places that we know that he plays well um, at places like Harbor town, all those other comparable courses. So, yeah. And you, and the, the price, I mean, like we said, I mean, he could easily, he's, I think he's a better golfer than Henley at 10 one. And, you know, it's not like Kisner is playing poorly at all. Last week, um, not a good course fit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's a great play at 8,600. Um, Harmon has just been playing. <laughs> the guy has made 11 cuts in a row, even the ball striking. And he's not a noted, not a noted ball striker, but positive ball striking his last five. Um, he's got some good finishes here. There's another great course fit for him. I prefer Kisner. I think Kisner 
a lot better chance to contend and win this event, but Hardman's playing great in his own right, consistently good. Um, so I like those two guys. I don't know. What do you think about Rose at 8,400? I just, I've been kind of lost on him all year. Um, and not sure what to make another guy. I just really wish I had the stats. T23 last week, good finish. But some of these guys that just seem to show up at Augusta and play well almost every year, it's like we, we kind of expected Rose to play well at Augusta because that's just what he does. And I don't know if that's really a sign that he is trending up or not. Yeah, I mean, we've seen little flashes of this only for it. You know, I'll zoom out. Comes out of the break. He's third at the Charles Schwab, 14th at RBC Heritage after starting slow for the year then he misses three straight cuts uh then he top tens the pga then he misses two out of three cuts so like he's had flashes the the form is all over the place the one thing i do like is rose especially lately he's been living pretty well with the putter and you can say well that's not good but he this is you're going to need to make putts and rose is someone he can make his more than his fair share so at a course that won't demand aggressiveness off the tee I think it's a fine fit. The price doesn't seem, I'm not going to say, oh my God, Rose is mispriced. I think he's where he should be. Uh, Poulter in the same neighborhood. I think Poulter's a little safer, Rose a little more erratic. Yeah, Poulter's interesting because I think the course fit is really good. I think this is. is a great course for him and he's kind of low-key playing well. T25 at the Masters, not a great course fit, but he seems to turn up at the Masters a lot. Has has some. Decent- I played him last, he was in my my main lineup last week and he just does what he does. He, he gets it done in a different way over there. He does. But I mean, T12 at CJ cup T5 at the BMW PGA T6, the Scottish open. That's his last four uh, starts. All good. All decent fields. Um, of course, fit should be good for him. Yeah. Li- listen, we're going to stick with a pretty calm. I, for me, it's a pretty uh, common theme here. I want guys that can make putts that aren't going to be, relying on distance because it's going to be mitigated and can get hot with the irons and Poulter has shown time and time again it's no surprise he's got I mean his last four events at Heritage all better than T15 um it it, it really does comp pretty strongly so you can go there to, to round out the range though we have a couple interesting names Mackenzie Hughes who I do think this is an all right course but I don't have a lot of interest just because he relies too much on the putter it seems his irons aren't good and then I want you to talk about Doc Redman who I know you're really high on in life but do you think this is a good course for him yeah, um we'll start with Hughes I am he's just one of those guys I never play um just these guys that are red hot putters uh, that's just never it's so hard to get to them yeah um you know the price is fine but it's just when I look at those stats outside of the putting it scares the crap out of me um yeah, I love Doc Redman at 8K. I, I think he's underpriced. And and I do, you know, you wouldn't think that this is the best course fit for him. But if you've looked at where he's played well, so he has three top four finishes in his last seven starts. Um, one was at Bermuda. One was at Wyndham. One was at Safeway. So Bermuda, I think, is a perfect course comp for here. I think Wyndham is another decent course comp as a, shorter Bermuda track less I think it's par 70 par 71 um I mean I just love him I don't know he's got he's knocked on the door uh a couple times and like three times recently the ball striking is always good um I I just think I think everything lines up I think he's underpriced I think he's got big upside I think he's you know gonna strike it well almost every single week I, I I like him here 
Yeah, I mean, he's a talented guy. I don't know. Houston, I throw out, is such a weird – what they did around the green has skewed a lot of that data. Um, yeah, Redmond, listen, he scores. Again, he played Heritage, dominated T to green, couldn't putt. I think he's fine. There's a couple other guys I, I would prefer. Uh, and let's let's get to the seven range, actually, because this is where I think you can separate this week. Uh, I do want to say real quick, actually – we have a couple new pieces of content uh, in the Awesome O community. One is a pro players tool. And basically what we've done is me and Alex, Jason, a lot, a lot of guys there. Uh, we've gone in and we've kind of given our optimal, I don't want to say exposures because it's not necessarily who we're playing, but rankings. So we go in and it kind of just gives you a snapshot more for cash, but of how we would order the players. And from that, you can still make tournament lineups. You just go for pivots. You don't want maybe guys one through six, because as Tim talked about, long-term, you're not going to be able to separate if you're playing, like last week, DJ and Kokrak and Finau and all those guys in the same lineup. But that's something that you guys should definitely check out uh, behind the paywall. And the other thing, keep an eye out. Me and Josh Engelman filmed this morning a contenders video, more on the betting side, breaking down a couple names. So that'll be out later today. Keep an eye out. Your boy, Sam Burns, who we will get to in a second, made the video, who I, I got some things to say. But before we do that, a couple names. And I want to start right at the top. He's 7,900. Props to CT Pan. He played fantastic last week. What do you think that does to his ownership? Because this is a clearly a much better fit. Um, or is it? You don't, do you not think? No, that? no, 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 no. Yeah, I okay. think it's a, yeah, it's a perfect course fit. I mean, this is, if you looked at the places, you know, he's played well, same, same thing as, as the, these other guys that we've mentioned, the shorter Bermuda tracks right up his alley. Boy, I don't know that master's finish was just so out of the blue. I don't know if people are really going to buy into it. I'm not. And I mean, I know I mentioned him as a guy at 6,100 last week who had just made a ton of cuts, but really hadn't played well. I didn't expect him to finish T7. Uh, that's Neither for sure um but boy it, it seems like one of those things that people i think people are just going to write it off and say that was kind of a fluke as i'm kind of one to do as well so yeah i, I don't think people are going to go to pan because if you look at the finishes the stats besides just making cuts recently and some okay approach game i i don't know at 7900 I, I i don't think i'm going to get there this week see i like him a lot more than you he's someone that to me, he has a, a distinct fit. Uh, winner of Heritage, runner-up at Wyndham, 6th at RSM, 11th at OHL, 13th at RSM, 16th at OHL. I literally just rattled off. That's probably half of his best finishes all time, and they're all at very similar tracks. He does what he does. He can get hot with the putter. I, I'll be honest, I that came out of the blue last week. I had interest in CT Pan. If he would have missed the cut at the Masters in a lot of ways, I think I would have liked him more here because I don't relate them at all. I have to keep an eye on the ownership, but I think this is a distinctly better spot for him. You do have to trade off some reasonable players though. Uh, who else in your, like Lee Westwood is here. <laughs> if you talk about Norrin, I hope Josh cuts the audio again. Uh, who, who do you like in the upper sevens? Oh, I, mean, I like Burns at 7,700. I think we're, we're right back at the point where we have Burns and Redmond priced together. Uh, I, I think they're very similar players. I love both of them. Um, but Burns, you know, maybe a little more erratic than Redmond. It hasn't quite contended as much. But, I mean, he was T7 in Houston. He was right there. The ball striking was phenomenal. 
plus 10.3. He's gained at least 3.3 strokes to the ball striking in seven of his last 11 events. You know, he relies on off the tee a little bit more than maybe you would like at a course like this. But I kind of went back. I looked at some of his best finishes. This is via official world golf rankings. And two of his top four finishes, T9 at Harbortown, T8 at Honda, two comparable courses to this, two courses that don't, um, you know, don't let you air it out with the driver as much. Um, but we're just waiting for him to just get new caught with the putter like we've seen him do early on in his career. Um, obviously, Bermuda, I think we have a better chance of that happening on Bermuda greens. Um, so I like him. He's just he's another guy. Him and Redmond, both of them, I'm waiting for them to win. Um, and I, I think the price is good on both these guys and, and Burns. We just need the putter one week. I really like Burns this week. Everything you mentioned, LSU guy, the opportunity is there for him to put it all together. And this price is, this is the type of guy, if he was flat nine in this field, I, I could stomach that. Like he's not that different to me than some of these other guys. Maybe he hasn't done it as consistently, but there's no doubt the upside is there. Is there anyone around him? Like I said, there's a lot of Euros. You've got Todd, who's really crashed back to earth, Denny McCarthy, the putting god. Or do you look to Westwood, to Norin, to Wallace, to Weisberger? Andy Sullivan is here coming over. Um, any of these guys? Um, boy, it's tough for me because I feel like I like everybody below 7,500. And then in the upper seven range, not as much of a fan. For me, it'd be Burns. I think the next guy would be Straka at 7,600. Um, just another one kind of like week in week out, the ball striking is good. Putter has been a lot better than it has before coming off a T five, um, at Houston. So it, it would be Straka for me after Burns, but I, I definitely like Burns a lot more. Uh, Weisberger is someone I want to look to. I just don't know if I'll get there. He really doesn't do much. Westwood similar. There's not a lot of guys that stand out. I may take a flyer here again. It'll be ownership specific. If any of these guys are like sub 5% and some of them may be, I think I can, I can stomach that. Uh, Andy Sullivan is someone I've, I really thought would be over here more consistently. I don't know where he's at. He just played in Cyprus. Like good luck <laughs> deciphering what Sorry, that means. There, huh? Yeah. So now let's work a little towards the, the, you know, lower sevens. Did HV3 stand out to you? Did Wise, who played well at Bermuda um, a couple times now, where do you go if you if you don't go to that upper sevens? So there's a boatload of guys that I like between okay. 7.4 and 7.0. Um, yes, HV3 caught my eye because I think the price is really good, 7,400. We've talked about him. He's erratic. We kind of don't know what we're going to get from him, but I think it's 7,400. I think that's a really good price. It's just I don't like playing him when he's priced up at 9K or higher in, in really weak fields. This isn't that strong of a field. I think 7,400 is a good price. He's just erratic. We don't know what we're really going to get from him, but he was T15 in Houston plus 6.1. And he's had so many of those performances since the restart. He's had missed cuts, but he's had so many like really, really solid ball striking performances, top twenties. I like him. Um, I'm just going to kind of go rapid fire. Cause there's a lot of guys that like, I think, I think this is a good buy low spot for Kuchar. He hasn't done anything, but I think the course fit is perfect. He's still the 32nd ranked golfer in the world. Um, just kind of floundering around, but I think it's 7,400 in this field. Um, I wouldn't mind playing him. I don't think anyone's going to go there. Maverick McNeely, 
you want to go like polar opposite of a guy like Kucher, a young gun, T21 or better in three of his last four. He gained seven strokes with a ball striking at Houston. Um, so if you don't like the old, crusty, dusty, by low Kucher, uh, McNeely is a kind of a young stud who we've been waiting on. He's shown a little bit of consistency. I like that. So that's that's three guys. I'll let you name a couple and then I'll fire off like 10 more. All right. Yeah. I, I So when you went rapid fire, I was expecting Russell Knox to work into the conversation. Oh, we, we had to save a little bit more time for Russell. Okay. That's fair. What about cam davis oh boy i don't know the last couple it's it's it feels like shaky it's getting shaky um so no i i wouldn't i wouldn't blame somebody if they wanted to give it one more world but the ball striking and the finishes were great and then the last two it's really starting to fall apart and this is a range where there's a ton of guys i like so i i would not get to cam davis i would not want to roll the dice one more time with him i'm a little worried just because his strength truly is off the tee um, that's where he separates. That's where he's consistent. It's not a bad thing, but he, I hope I have room for him, but I have a feeling I'm not going to, cause you just mentioned there's a million guys there. I can throw my support behind the guys that you mentioned. I'm a little skeptical of Kucher. I'm not going to lie. I just don't know how much you'll need to get over in that same breath. Do you feel the same way about Stenson? No, cause I okay. feel like Stenson has been bad. He has. Kucher been not good but there's a difference between <laughs> Kucher's okay he's making cuts um Stenson's been bad so no I do not I don't like Stenson this weekend and again there's so many guys I like um I guess if I have any question marks I think I'm not going to be pulling the trigger are you are you going to the Stenson well no um it, it's just not happening right now and it I try and I think everyone in some regards try to do this you try to pull the name out of it and I, I do think it matters who they are. Like Henrik Stenson carries some pedigree that you know that he can turn it on here and there. But at the same time, if you just looked without the without the names, you would have that guy basically dead last in his range. He has there is nothing going on that's positive with his game. Obviously, I have Grio right there as well. I think he's underpriced this week. I think the course fit is great. Coming off a one missed cut, I just I I thought he'd be way more expensive. And Houston, listen, they, I, I, someone smarter than me can speak to what exactly happened, but clearly they structured their green complexes to mirror like Augusta on steroids because the guys were losing five and six strokes around the green. Obviously, someone like Rio is not going to like that, and it showed. He lost four point two strokes. Uh, with the short game yeah I mean it was really like on paper one bad performance I like to make fun of him because I feel like he never really can break into that top 20 um, but this is a really good course fit for him and the price the price is fine even if you're just going to lock in like a t25 I like him I think you like Knox as well I like Knox yeah um, this looks like a great play. Another guy, uh, throw him in with Kisner, where just plays well at these short Bermuda tracks. Uh, he was T15 in Houston. He was T16 in Bermuda. He missed the cut at the Shriners, but he gained 3.7 with the ball striking. So it was really just the putter there. Um, missed the cut at Sanderson Farms, but he was T9 at Safeway. He's really turning it around. Um, and, and even the missed cut, the ball striking was good. Um, so price is good. Course fit is, is great. Um, I, I think he's a great play. We got a, yeah, listen, I, I echo all that. We got a super chat from Charlie every week, Charlie, uh, 
watches the show and we really appreciate it. Um, and he asks about his boy, Kevin Stadler, who certainly I think is on indeed.com right now looking for the next career. He hasn't made a cut in quite some time, um, but maybe this is the week. You never know, but you kind of know. I want to ask one more guy and then we can get to the cheapies and we'll bounce on out of here. I don't like this guy. He became like many guys during the PGA season. Cause it's a long year at one point, Uber chalk. It's got good course history. Where are you at on Henrik Norlander? Yeah. <laughs> you remember when um, he was like the thing? Yeah. He was like the thing because he was actually playing well. Um, and the price just never seemed to come up. And then all of a sudden it shot up like 2k. Um, no, I, I don't think I'm going to get there. Missed his last two cuts. Um, again, there's just a boatload of guys in this range that I really like. I've gotten a bad rap two weeks in a row. People have made, I've read comments about me not liking enough players. Like I, I just, I say no to too many players. So well now, and just, you know, we're going to get the, wow, real helpful. You recommend half the field. Like, but, but I'm going to give two more in the lower seven range because I'm feeling it. I'm really, this is like, you could just play so many guys. One is Piercy. I'm not really sure why. I don't love the course fit. I don't think this is a great spot. Like historically, you wouldn't think that these short little accuracy Bermuda tracks are great, but he's just playing too good for 7K. T32 at Houston, he gained 2.1. T14 at Bermuda. T19 at Shriners gained 8.3 with the ball striking. Um, Sanderson Farms was okay, but the ball striking was really good. He's hitting it very, very well. I'm, I, was, I was surprised by the price. I thought he'd be more expensive. And I think this is a sneaky sned spot at 7,100. Okay, the... The ball striking, not good, but he's never going to strike a good, but he's at least making cuts, um, made his last four cuts. He had been lost in, in not making cuts at all for quite a while. I mean, 7,100, you couldn't think of a better spot than this for Sneds as a guy that crushes Harbortown, crushes Wyndham. Um, the prices, I mean, I, that that's a pretty staggering price for, at least he's made four cuts in a row. The stats aren't good, but the stats are never good with Snedeker. You're not going to get consistency, the stats, all that stuff isn't going to line up with Sneds. Uh, I mean, I guess my question for you, I'm going right now, and this is what I do and what people should do. I'm going to Odd Chopper right now to just check across the industry. And I look, he's 150 to one to win the tournament. I think I'd rather just bet him even for like a top five, you know, you, you get some upside there. And if he does explode, you're getting 28 to one on a top five. Cause to me, he's very live to miss the cut. Uh, but the, the ceiling remains intact. So I think I, he's going to make the betting card. I'm not sure if he makes the lineups though. Yeah, that's fair. Cause he's one of those guys. It's like, if he plays good, he's going to probably play really good. You know, I don't that, maybe that's that's saying. weird to say, but the, like the range of outcomes is like a it's like a barbell right what? like like oh. there's nothing and then it's like either top five or bust like missed cut and top five or huge chunks of that like uh of this range of outcomes well chat i appreciate the updates i this was truly i know it's easy to say this now i think it was my favorite play of the entire week sam burns is withdrawn yeah. um uh, that that really really hurts um 
Sonoma. I, well, thank God I didn't build yet, but I, I will have to rewrite a couple things. Uh, well, that, that'll that thin out the mid-range. One less guy to worry about. That does hurt, though. I, I thought he was in a, a fantastic spot. We can just plug in Matt Every though, uh, who's now in the, the field. The only good thing about this is if someone else withdraws, Effie Barnrat gets in. Um, and we all win if if he's playing. The, the worst part is I, I legitimate I had the nut lineup, and there's no good pivot off of Burns. Hey, if you like I, it that much, just keep him in. Just roll it, with it, man. He'll be low-owned. That's for Very sure. low-owned. Uh, you know what? Five or six can get it done, um, and you'd be a legend if it ever worked. Just, I don't think I can go on. Let's just yeah, yeah. That 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 hurts. The show is really the air is out of the balloon here. I, I'll say this, Piercy. I get it. I just worry he can't make enough putts if it plays easy. He, he's good in the wind. Don't worry about that. Can he make enough putts? That's a question. All right, let's get to the cheapies. Right off the bat, I have a sleeper pick. This guy's pretty interesting. I have betting exposure to him. He was runner-up at Bermuda. He doesn't seem like a course for him. I think that Harry Higgs could play fine here, and he's a crazy scorer if he makes the weekend outscore his placement point. 6,900. No one is going to play him. Did he catch your eye at all? Your boy, Harry Higgs. I love that Um, guy. No, Higgs did not really catch my eye. I'm not going to lie. Um I don't know. Wait, he lost almost four strokes ball striking at Zoizo. That was the last time we saw him. But he's been up and down, right? Gained three at CJ, miscut at Shriners, gained eight at Safeway. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't fault. I know you and him have history, but uh, I don't think he's... We do. Weak. I don't have... I, I'm out of my one time for 2020. I used it early in the year. That was a big mistake, but I used that on Harry Higgs. <laughs> and he eagled the 36 hole to make that cut. Um... I thought, and maybe you were about to, are you going to mention Graham McDowell? That's something you would do. This, you say it's with such a negative connotation. Ah. He needs to win here to complete like the literal, like guy that's wanted every coastal track, Pebble beach, Mayakoba, Harbor town, uh, coastal God, Punta Cana. Like this dude just shows up at a coastal track and dominates. Um, no, um, I'm not playing him. There's so, so many guys between seven, four and seven flat that I'm in love with that. I, yeah. I don't think I can get there with GMAC just isn't playing well. If you need someone, say you are a little aggressive, say you start with web and you also want to, you know, get who, who are we going to pretend here? Corey Connors or something like that. And you need a cheapie. Where do you go in the high sixes? Is there one guy that stands out amongst the rest? Will you just kind of say, you know what, I'll take a couple different shares of the Stallings and Rogers and um well I'll give yeah, the one guy that stands out to me is a guy that I've been playing like every time he tees it up for about the last five or six starts, and it's Doug Gim at sixty seven hundred. Okay. I feel like every week I'm shouting about how Doug Gim is trending and he keeps playing well and the price just never seems to go up um t14 at bermuda t23 at sanderson farms missed the cut at punta cana t14 at safeway uh missed the cut at Wyndham, but he gained 3.1 with the ball striking so it was all putter there and again just a young stud um who came out of college great big time amateur pedigree 
and, and just got off to a slow start. He wasn't like, you know, Morikawa, Matthew Wolf, all these other dudes who won right out of the gate. Um, he, he was a little slower to come around, but I mean, he's trending. He's got all the talent in the world and it's 6,700. The price isn't coming up and he's playing good. Um, so I, lo- I, I love Gim. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. People aren't paying attention or what, but he's playing well and he's still cheap. Yeah. He's certainly affordable. The talent is there. I, I think that there's a couple of different ways to do it. Certainly someone like Doug Gim, and we talk about this often in a year from now, it could be laughable that he was grouped, you know, with guys that he's grouped with right now. Um, there are also guys that have plenty of experience on tour and we kind of know what you're getting like Graham McDowell. Like you kind of just know what you're getting there. Paparez, you know what you're getting in the sense that he'll probably leave for no reason in the middle of the tournament. Uh, just make sure he knows what the cut is going to be. Yeah. Lu- Lucas Glover was just not competitive last week, but again, I don't know. Do we really hold that against him? Uh, great ball striker. Again, not a great putter. He's got some good course history here. 6,800 or are you just really focusing on Doug Gim and maybe some guys with a little more upside? I mean, I'm, I'm really focused on Gim. I just, I just really, I just like the fact that he's has all that amateur pedigree, all that talent, and he's playing well and he's cheap. It's not like it's like, wow, we're just going to keep firing away at this guy that we know is talented and he keeps missing the cut, but we mm-hmm. know we're, we're hoping one day he's going to turn around. He's trending. He's been good for, you know, five, six tournaments in a row. And I know he's had some missed cuts in there, but I mean, he's even struck it well in those. So I like him. Patton Kazire, he's getting a lot of steam in the betting he market. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, He's a Sea Island guy. It's really a perfect course fit. He's like a poor man's web where the off the tee is bad, but everything else. Super poor. Yeah. Everything else is good. I, I, I think what's catching people's eye is he was good in Houston and the ball striking was good in Houston. Um, and he had a T24. So his last two finishes, T24, T17. So he was like, decent at the Shriners but the ball striking was a slight negative so it wasn't even positive and then he played well in Houston hit it well I think people like the course fit I think people like the local tie I think people like the fact that he wanted Sony and Mayakoba the course fit is good but people are putting a lot of stock into like one good finish so I don't know if I can get there a much higher on Gim these are there are plays down here there's no doubt that you can go into the sixes it's a little risky. There's a lot of guys, so you're going to have to sort through. It's early. It's Tuesday. I'll tell you this. What, I, you know, what I'm doing over here and I'm working through some things, there is one guy in the sixes that keeps popping up for me. I'm not saying I'm going to jam him. I'm not going to. It's Troy Merritt. This guy, he's slowly getting it together. He's making cuts. He's got some good corollary kind of comps here. I think that Troy Merritt at 65 is pretty interesting. He's gained three straight on the approach. His off the tee is weak, but that's not a problem here. He's got a third at Heritage. That's way back in the day, but he was good at Valspar. He's shown some, you know, 10th at Heritage in 2019. I think as a 1% or Troy, Troy Merritt's going to make the uh, make the player pool. Yeah, I can see that. I don't mind that at all. Um JJ Spawn hasn't played in a while, but the ball striking is trending a little bit. I got one. For, did you see my tweet yesterday? Did you see my? I I didn't. What was it? I got one. I got one at the Stone Min for you this week. 
the Ab- stone men stone men all right hold on let's what we gotta do last guy before we get to this is because chad is berating me i'm trying to play good players here this is what i this is what i do um what about michael glickich because you originally invented this guy like four <laughs> years ago now he's making cuts and you refuse to talk about him <sighs> I think I liked him at like the U S open like three years ago and he missed yep. the cut and that was it. Um, yeah. I mean, he's playing good for, and for 6,400. Um, sure. I don't, I don't have a lot to say, but I, right. let me check the Let me check the tape. On While you that. do that, I'm going to look, cause there's only one, two, three, four, five, six. There's only 10 guys at the men. One is Kevin Stadler. So now there's nine <laughs> guys at the men uh okay i have two guys that i'm i'm like 90 percent certain it's one of these guys it's okay. either scott harrington and just knowing you or camillo vajegas is it either of them let's start there it is yeah okay uh, it's uh... Uh, knowing you i probably lean because you're a veteran with vajegas because he can't putt um and when i say he can't putt he lost eight and a half strokes at houston well first of all is it is it him or did you go to scott harrington it's camilla okay yeah that makes more sense there's Talk- many layers of this though there's more than there, there's a lot of layers this is like more, this is a good play on multiple levels all right so first of all he's 14th on tour in strokes gain approach he's gaining over a stroke around on the approaches he's 16th on tour this this year in in t to green like you said the putting is an absolute abomination he's <laughs> he's losing 1.8 strokes per round for putting that's just for context that's worse than like the guys that we make fun of okay missed the cut at houston gained 2.4 with the approach putting was some of the worst you've ever seen but he was t55 at bermuda missed the cut at the shriners gained another three strokes on approach Terrible putting. T23 at Sanderson Farms gained 7.6 on approach. Lost 5.7 putting. He's the stoneman. He has a runner-up at this event. He has a win at the Honda Classic. He has a win at the Wyndham. He has a win at the Tour Championship. All three of those shorter accuracy-based Bermuda tracks. Now, this was a long, long time ago. If he just is not a total abomination with the putter for 6,000 for a guy whose approach game has been really good, he's made two of five cuts. All right. Let's just, just take everything out of the, out, out of away from that. He's made two of five cuts. I mean, like he's live. He's not, a, he's not, you're not drawing dead by playing this guy. He's live to make the cut. What did your tweet say exactly? Uh like, was it that if, i just i'm trying like did you yeah, i was like was what it? if i told you there was a guy for the stone <laughs> men on dk ranked 16th and rejected 30 for 30s yeah um, and has okay. four tour wins and a runner up here so my only question about that and, and listen this is something that we i think it's a great way to close out here do you need someone at the flat men do you think there is lineup constructions like are you envisioning yourself maybe going web and hatton and that's why you do that yeah, I could envision I can envision myself going web and hat. Yes. Okay. Um, there's no way you would need him if you're building <laughs> balanced, obviously. 
Well, now that Sam Burns is gone, I don't know. We got to just blow everything up. But uh, awful. I'm just saying, I've never seen a guy for for 6K who s- seemed like there was reasons to play him. And I, I see some reasons to play. Yeah. That's the perfect way to bounce on out of here, chat. This was a fun one. Uh, I'm not sure what we accomplished. I'm not going to lie. But I, I feel better than when we started this show. As always, you guys make it great. On your way out, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Like I said, it helps us out and helps you guys out. If you have questions that we didn't get to, if you have guys that we didn't get to, one, you should follow us on Twitter. I don't know why that would help you get those questions answered, but it's just a good thing to do. More importantly than that, tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern, come to Live Before Lock. That's all you know. Q&A, lineup construction. If there are guys that we missed, we will get them tomorrow uh, and we'll take care of it. So on that note, good luck, everyone. Always a fun time. I want to see some uh, big, big lineups there. We're going to see what we can do this week without Sam Barnes, unfortunately. Same time next week? No, I think there's a bye week, but we'll keep you posted with the PGA schedule. We're not going anywhere. We have plenty of content coming up. Uh, Good luck again. I'll see you guys tomorrow night.